It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Look at the Lions. Look at the Lions stepping up. Showing everybody they belong. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, wonderful friends. Thank you for joining us once again, Chris Carlin, Joseph Fortenbaugh. Good morning, Joseph. Is it? Is it a good morning? It's a you great know, morning. You, you tell me you want to do a FaceTime uh, to promote the show. I say, mm-hmm. you know what? That's a great idea. Let's carve some time out for the big man. We'll put something together. We'll promote the show. I see it end up on Twitter. I try to access it to see how it sounds. I can't access it. I'm assuming I'm doing something wrong. And then I find out you didn't even record any of it. Well, I recorded it, just not the audio. Yeah, so there's the- lovely yeah. video up on Twitter of the two of us talking back and forth with no yeah. audio whatsoever. <laughs> Make of it what you will. It was phenomenal content. Phenomenal and that's why I put it out. People are being being deprived of. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I put it out there saying, hey, this is our shoot to uh, promote the show today. There's no audio. Enjoy it. Let's roll. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Joe, uh, look, I said before yesterday. When it comes to the Detroit Lions, I'm more interested in consistency and what they do after a game like last night. But uh, I will say that they did really show me a good a lot, a good amount about their toughness and the way they handled themselves last night. And my biggest takeaway is the way they responded every time they got punched. They get punched right out of the gate. They go right back down the field. They score a touchdown on the ensuing series and score touchdown, touchdown, field goal. Second half, cut to a 10-point game. They put together a nine-minute drive thanks to a stupid penalty. But the point is they ultimately cashed in on it, put the game away. These are the kinds of traits that championship teams have. The Lions are not that far away from being in a discussion on a higher level in the NFC. Without a shadow of a doubt. It's one game last night. But let's just take the one game that we watched and try to process it. Thursday night football, which means it's a short work week. These are real tough spots. Short work week. Guys are banged up. You have limited time for preparation. It's a divisional rival. It's on the road. So there are a lot of things that are working against you here. You're battling some injuries on the offensive line. They're battling some injuries. Green Bay isn't terrible. They're 2-1 and one as you enter this game. And you proceed to bully them all over the field. Mm. This is what the good teams do, right? The bad teams stumble all over themselves. Denver gets a lead on Washington. They blow the lead, right? The Giants go to San Francisco and just get completely wiped off the face of the earth. We're not going to go through everybody, but that's what the bad teams do. They find out how to just look terrible in those spots. Detroit goes in. They control the ball for 37 minutes in terms of time of possession. 37 minutes. They go plus one in turnover differential. They record five sacks. They limit Green Bay to 230 total yards. They limit them to 4.3 yards per play, which is pathetic. And they hold them to three of 11 on third down. The Lions went to Lambeau. 
They pushed the Packers around. They bullied them in their building. They grabbed their third win of the season, and now they're coming home. And this is what you do when you are building a bully. This is what you do when you are looking to contend for championships. Because I was going through it this morning, and let's just look at the three drafts under Dan Campbell in Detroit. Year number one, first round pick, offensive tackle. Second round pick, defensive lineman. Third round pick, offensive tackle. Trenches, trenches, trenches. Year number two under Campbell, first round pick, pass rusher Aiden Hutchinson. First round pick, because they had two, wide receiver Jamison Williams. Second round, defensive end. So they've now made five of their top six picks in the trenches. And then you go to this year, because they've already taken care of the trenches, and they round it out. They go running back first round, linebacker first round, tight end and defensive back with their two second round picks. Build in the trenches and then work your way out. This is a team that has a plan. This is a team that has an identity. And this is a team that's starting to have a lot of success. Carlin, the Lions have won 11 of their last 14 games. People are sleeping on how good this team is right now. I can't hear the big man. Is something wrong or is there something wrong with me? No, it's just something wrong here. Uh, You're just having a a day, aren't you? I really am. The FaceTime, this... Well, I went on to cough, and I forgot to turn the button back off. Anyway. Welcome to radio. Yeah, here's the point. The Lions are a team that has been a popular team to start to like because they've been bad for so long, but yet people haven't really taken them seriously. And maybe last night is the night, Joe. When when you say that people are sleeping on them, it's not taking them seriously it's not believing they're a nice little story it would be cool to see them make the playoffs no the lions are trying to show you no we're not just a cute little story we're actually a really good football team that has been built the right way you want to ask about that ask matt lafleur about what happened last night what do you think happens when you have a for the cause of first half like that where you just you couldn't get nothing. i mean you saw it pete i mean we got our ass kicked if I knew, it wouldn't have happened. Matt, they didn't blitz until... Um, That's a BS question, man. Actually, it's not, Matt. You did get your ass kicked, and it was a little okay. Testy. Yeah, it's okay for that guy to ask about what happened in the first half. Uh, It's not asking about being historically embarrassed like Sean Payton was last week. It's not that kind of question. And you got beat up that way? Because the Lions were just like that. It shows me so much. How many times, Joe, have we walked into watching a game like that? And you see a team get on the road, no gain, lose two yards, throw a pick on their first three plays. And all we could say is, "Uh uh-oh. Like, this is going to be a long Giants-Cowboys week one. Bingo. That's what that was. Exactly. And yet the Lions come back, didn't face them in the least. Like, this is such an underrated trait of really good teams. They don't ever just waver in the face of adversity. And that's a quick punch to the mouth in adversity. First thing they did was limit them to a field goal. Second thing they did was go right back down the field and stick it to them on their next three drives. Uh, That says so much to me about Campbell that we need to actually treat Dan Campbell like he's a pretty good coach. Yeah. Like, you look back. And the biting of the kneecaps and all that stuff, we have a lot of fun with that. But while we could watch Hard Knocks last year and feel like any one of us would run through a wall for Dan Campbell, you never know what he is 
beyond a motivator. He's clearly a good motivator. Maybe we could just operate under this assumption for a little bit, see how it fits, try it on. Dan Campbell actually knows what the hell he's doing here. He's The, the Lions have something that's essential if you're going to contend. They have an identity, all right? Not everyone needs to have the same identity. Miami's identity is very different than Detroit's, but you need to have an identity as a football team. They are a tough team that is going to punch you in the mouth. Campbell told us that at his introductory press conference. We laughed. I laughed. I thought it was hilarious and that this wouldn't work out. I was dead wrong. He told us exactly what this team was going to be, and then he put a plan in place to execute that, to build that team. And it sounds like that's so obvious. What's Denver's identity? What's Chicago's identity? What's Jacksonville's identity? What's Carolina's identity? Right? So many of these teams that are floundering, they don't know what they want to be. They hire a defensive head coach, but they need to develop a quarterback. That doesn't make sense in Chicago. You bring in Sean Payton, he's going to fix Russ. The defense can't stop anybody. The offense can't score. What's the identity? What's the Chargers' identity right now? Right? This team has an identity, and they followed a blueprint that is working in the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers, elite pass rusher, elite offensive tackle, and Trent Williams. The Philadelphia Eagles can get after you on both sides of the ball, D-line, O-line. The Dallas Cowboys have a pretty good offensive line, and Micah Parsons. This is what it's going to take to win games late in the season. The ability to put together the drive by running the football late. The ability to get after the opposing quarterback to get the big sack on third down to get off the field and force the punt. The Lions are one of those teams. They have built a bully and now they're ready to contend. Whether or not they make a deep run this year, I don't think that necessarily matters. I think they are built and they are established to be a player in the NFC for the next few years. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are just getting started today. We want you to be a part of the Carlin versus Joe Nation. On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, my friends, you can do it at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the one fans deserve. Another team that I'm not sure has an identity, the Cowboys. And we're going to find out an awful lot about them this weekend. It is a huge game, Patriots and Cowboys Sunday. Really a lot on the line for Dallas. We delve in with the men who will be calling the game next. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. A team that's going to make you play your absolute best, play beyond your strengths. Tough challenge. I mean, what, I don't, three times, I guess, one and two against them. Every time was a dogfight. Um, expect nothing different. It's been great. Put the work every day. Ready to go. Try to do what you ask. That's all you can ask for. That's going to be the case with CeeDee Lamb, and these other guys are going to have to step up. Dak is going to have to take some chances in the middle of the field and be accurate and get the ball in Cook's hands along with some of the tight ends. I mean, there's going to be a lot of emotions going on. I'm excited to see it. It is a must-win game for the New England Patriots, there's no question. But in a lot of ways, this is a very much a must-win game for the Dallas Cowboys. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joe, for the Patriots, look, you cannot fall to one and three. Otherwise, we're starting to talk about your season being over, even though I don't believe they're going very far anyway. They have a really good defense. When you look at the Cowboys, if you fall to two and two, we're talking about a lack of identity a few moments ago. This all of a sudden becomes a disaster for Dallas if they lose this game because then you're talking about a team that has lost two in a row and I think might just be a paper tiger when it comes to beating up on a bad team. Uh, like we saw a couple of weeks ago with the Jets, like we've seen with the Giants. But if you turn and just punch them in the mouth, well, maybe that's all you need to do because they're not going to respond. This game is essential for the Cowboys. You're six and a half point favorites. You were huge favorites last week and you let one get away. The problem with losing this game is that Philadelphia is laying eight to Washington. They're likely going to win that game. Philly moves to 4-0. You move to 2-2. They've got a two-game lead on you. That is going to be very difficult to overcome against a team like Philly that is very good at winning the games they're supposed to win. All right? Philly takes out all the teams they're supposed to take out. Rarely do they stumble like Dallas did. And the problem for the Cowboys is if they do not win the NFC East, they aren't going anywhere. And this isn't some big, bold statement to get everyone worked up. You, with Mike McCarthy as your head coach and Dak Prescott as your quarterback, are not going to navigate the NFC playoffs as a wild card team. Here's a scenario that could play out. Mm. Detroit could win the NFC North. The Niners could win the West. The Eagles could win the East. You, as a wild card team, could, in the wild card round, have to go to Detroit. Okay, not saying that this is likely, but there is a scenario where if you're a wild card team, you could have to go to Detroit and beat the Lions in the wild card round, go to San Francisco to beat the Niners in the divisional round, and then go to Philadelphia to beat the Eagles in the NFC championship game. It's similar to what you saw last year. They handled Tampa Bay in the opening round. Fine. That was a sub 500 team. But you went to the Niners and you lost. And had you won that game, you were going to have to go to Philly and beat the Eagles. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott as a combination are not built to succeed like that. They need a favorable path, and that is not a favorable path. You don't win the NFC East, you're not going anywhere. No, you're not. And I think you bring up a brilliant point because it's so clear 
that when you're in that situation, you could potentially have to go on the road and win those two games, you don't have a chance. No. You, you don't have a chance and you know where for that to happen. Here's Dak Prescott on what is behind the Cowboys actually doing well in this circumstance of having so much success following losses in a re- in recent seasons. Pissed off. You heard it in the locker room. Somebody <laughs> just said it. Being pissed off. Uh, no, it just allows you to focus a little bit more, honestly. Um Nobody likes to lose. Uh, nobody likes to lose, um, especially in a game that, that you expect to win. Forget the forget the media, whatever it's not you guys. But, you know, forget whatever your lines are and whatever y'all say. Uh, nobody wants to lose, um, but but we understand how tough it is in this league. And so even after a loss, you, you come in and, you know what I'm saying, you reset a little bit, uh, humbled, humbled a little bit, uh, and it just allows you to focus a little bit more. Uh, and I think that's just credit to – to these guys uh, in this locker room, to these coaches uh, of blocking out the outside noise and understanding that what's really important is just this day right in front of us and, and preparing there. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. For more on this, the guy that's going to be calling this game this week is the great Kevin Burkhardt. Fox Sports NFL coverage begins 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday with Fox NFL kickoff. Kevin, Greg Olson, Tom Rinaldi, Aaron Andrews, they are calling America's Game of the Week on Fox. Cowboys and the Patriots 425. KB, it's Carlin. It's Joe Fortenbaugh. What's up, brother? How are you? Boys, what's going on? Carlin, great to hear your voice again, my brother. How you, you doing? You as well. Like, although I get to hear yours every week, Kevin, I go way back. But let's let's start here because there's some other stuff to get into from last week. But we're just talking about the fact that the Cowboys have been so good coming off of losses the last couple of years. But in a lot of ways, this game is going to teach us an awful lot about them. In getting ready for it, what are you seeing? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, and, and I agree with you, right? Because look, the obvious response is okay. I know the panic last week is oh, their run defense stinks, and they can't stop the run, and it's a big problem. Well, in reality, I don't know that it's a big problem. It didn't. It wasn't a problem when they won twelve games last year. I mean, look, if they're not scoring and they're in a drag out knockdown game, and, and somebody runs for two hundred fifty yards on it, it's a different deal, right? So it, it has been done before. Philly's done it. Uh, they've had a couple games where it's happened. If they're if they're not scoring and they're in one of those games and they can't stop the run, that's when it becomes a problem, right? And and what their offense is going to look like this year, I'm not totally sure yet. It's a totally different deal, right? I mean, they're moving the ball just as good as anybody. They're converting on third down. The red zone has not been good, and they have no explosive plays. That's been the difference so far. Um, so I think they're still trying to kind of forge their identity. Uh, all I know is the run D thing is not new. It was there the last couple of years under Dan Quinn. They are an electric, stack the quarterback turnover type defense, right? And, and and I think that is a little bit of a weakness. But they still managed to win plenty of games the last two years, and that is a weakness. I, I just don't know if that's their undoing. You know, on the other side of the ball, the New England Patriots come limping in. They're one and two. Their one victory is a tight win over Zach Wilson and the Jets. I mean, the defense can play. The offense still struggling, and it seems like that's been you know the 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 theme in New England since the departure of Tom Brady. What should we make of this team? Are, is is this a legitimate playoff contender, or is this just kind of a fringe team that here and there will find a way to win if the opposition is weaker? Well, I don't think they're a playoff contender unless their offense gets better. There, there's no question about that, Joe. Right? I think there's a lot of things to unpack there. I agree with you. Their defense is really solid, really good. No shock, right, with Belichick and the talent they have there. But I, I think offensively, um, you know, it obviously starts with the quarterback. I think I think we don't know 
still what Mac Jones is capable of, right? I mean, he had a really nice rookie year, obviously regressed last year. And look, they've got no downfield plays at all. You know, they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster to have that slot guy that they've always had. That connection hasn't worked so far. They don't really scare you as a defense offensively. You know, last week they knew they only had to score a couple of points and not turn the ball over, and they'd win the way the Jets have played on offense. I don't think it's going to be the same way this week. I mean, I think they're going to have to score some points this week, and and that means hitting some plays downfield, which they have done absolutely none of this year. Kevin Burkhart, Fox Sports, calling the game Cowboys-Patriots on Sunday, joining us uh, on ESPN Radio. Dak get too much too much criticism, Kev? Is he unfairly criticized? I, I think you're always going to be Chris when you're the quarterback of the Cowboys, right? I mean, I, I I think Dak is a hell of a player. I really do. I mean, I, and and you look at it, look what what they've done the last couple of years. And I know the interceptions obviously aren't perfect, but at the same time, their offense was you know top five in the league in a million categories, and and he is a big reason why. I think he'd like to take some of the pick sixes back. Um, you know, but you go back to the playoff game. They didn't play particularly great. They lost Pollard in the first half of that game. I, I know he didn't have his best game that day. I think Dak is pretty darn good. Um, and I think the the real interesting storyline for me this year is clearly, you know, Mike McCarthy going back and doing something he's done his whole career, right? Running that West Coast offense and, and kind of keeping things a little bit more simple and conservative for Dak and keeping away from the turnovers, which I get. Um, but the fascinating thing to me is what has made Dak great is his explosive playability. So where is the fine line there? I, I don't. We're not. We don't know yet. It's too early. But I think to me that's the storyline of their offensive season. Kevin, we came across some interesting information. We wanted to run it by you. Your broadcast partner Greg Olson does a tremendous job. Is it true he's not? He doesn't eat or drink anything from a flight attendant. <laughs> that is the most disturbing thing I've ever heard. Listen, I, 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 that is something I know Greg very, very well. I didn't know that. And I heard it on the pod with uh, calm down with Chris and Aaron. Right. And I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little confused. Like, is there something that he is? He is, is he opposed to a can of, can of Coke? I don't get it. Like what, what is happening there that he, the way he phrased it, I can't accept anything on the plane. Like, what does that mean? You can't take a bag of pretzels? It feels I like mean, there's it, a it, paranoia it there that somebody might be out to get him. <laughs> he can't accept anything on the plane, yet we come in the meeting room where we're hanging out and, and prepare for the games, and, you know, he's crushing hands and potato chips and everything else. That seems fine. I guess the, the plane is the issue. The pain is an issue. I love him. I love him like a brother. I mean, he's the best. But that one is baffling to me. I, I, I will accept all gifts on the plane. Drinks, food, <laughs> alcohol, drink all. All right. You got to describe what the circus was like last week in Kansas City. When did you find out that Taylor Swift was showing up? Kind of take us through everything that happened with that. Yeah, it, it, it was fun. Carlin, like, you know, so we found out a couple hours for the game, right? I mean, uh, we got tipped off and then uh, we were down on the field and, uh, you know, Greg and, and Aaron were talking to Kelsey and, you know, they just asked him, he's like, oh, she's going to be here, right? Like that type of thing. And just kind of low key. And we're like, all right, cool. And um, so, but that's all anybody really knew. No one knew like where she was going to be. Was she going to come down the field? Was she going to be visible? Like no one knew any of that. So, um you know, we obviously were looking out for her and, and, and looking into Kelsey's suite. And 
you know, she showed up for kickoff and then, you know, they're doing, doing introductions and, and uh, she's bouncing up and down. And that's when we showed her the first time. And then it was just, I thought the coolest thing, but look, obviously when you're talking about one of the, you know, cultural pop icons in the world being there, it's a story, it's a big deal. Right. And it's, and I think it's super fun. And I, I think the best part though, guys was she was so into it. Like she was, you know, there were times that we, we, you know, had some shots that we didn't put on TV. She was so fired up, jumping up and down. Obviously when Kelsey scored, you saw that viral shot of her, like jumping up and doing a chest bump and screaming. Like, I thought that's awesome. Like she's not there like in the back row, just like, you know, with a hat on, she's like front row, jumping up and down, screaming for Kelsey. I, I just thought that was so cool, like the rest of us, you know? That that was the best part for me. Yeah, I mean, it was it was absolutely insane. Now, last one, Kev. Uh, we've known each other a long time. Joe and I are just, uh, you know, listen, we've been working together a few weeks. I wouldn't say that Joe knows me terribly well, so naturally I'm going to make this about me as I usually do. Uh, <laughs> describe to Joe what he has to look forward to in working with me uh, in the coming months, at least, because I don't know how how long this thing's going to last. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's. I I would say it's like you know, it's like anything brand new, Joe. Like you come in, you're like, this guy's great. I mean, he's so much fun to be around, and and it's it's all the energy and all the ideas and all the knowledge, and he's just a warm teddy bear. You want to hug him. He's the greatest. And then you get those gruff mornings where maybe the coffee didn't hit right and the beard's a little longer and you're like, what the F am I doing with this? You know, that's, that's what's going to happen. I got to tell you, he, he, his rants on cheese are, are frequent, if I can use a way to describe it. I mean, the, the, the detail to what needs to happen for a mozzarella stick to meet his criteria is something I've never come across before, Kevin. What I love about Carlin is, A, he knows what he wants, and, B, you never don't know where you stand. That's, what, that's, the, beauty of, that's the beauty of Carlin. Boy, our careers have really taken quite the path. Huh? You're calling the greatest game in America every single week, and I'm talking about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But seriously, I hope you guys crush it and enjoy. I hope the show does really, really well. It's awesome to talk to you both. Appreciate Thank it, you. brother. Thank you. Kevin Burkhart is just one of the best, a better person than broadcaster, and that is saying a lot. He and Greg Olson, along with Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi, Sunday have America's Game of the Week on Fox, 425 Cowboys and Patriots. KB, thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. He is uh, – Evan already cut him off, so there you go. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Listen, that's what you do to the guest. You make probably, sure you, you cut him probably, off and run him out. Yeah, that probably, more than anything, he could have hung up. I mean, he probably would tell you more than you need to know about me. And <laughs> I am sure that uh, along the way, I have had a rant or two about cheese that he was present for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's calling a game with Taylor Swift, and I'm worried about the mozzarella sticks. Yeah. The, mozza, the problem with the frozen mozzarella stick is that the cheese is hard on the inside, and then it's surrounded by this crust. Yep. And, yeah, he's breaking down the Taylor Swift game. Yeah, there you go. That pretty much tells everything. He's calling Super Bowls, and you're hanging with me. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Is the honeymoon over for Jordan Love? That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Tired of 
ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Not a good night. Thursday night football. We go 0-2, minus 2.3 units overall as a show. 19 wins, 16 defeats, one draw, plus 1.32 units. So we're still profitable. Two college football picks coming your way. Number one, USC, Colorado, over 73.5 points. This game is going to be a shootout. I think it should be closer to 77. USC is averaging 55 points per game. They've hung 42 or more in all four games they've played. Colorado's defense is miserable, giving up over 30 points per game. We're going to need Colorado to help us out here. They need to score, and they're going to. I think the number's low. Because last week, Colorado really struggled offensively at Oregon. Two things are different this time around. Number one, it's not a road game. It's a home game. Number two, it's not the Oregon defense, who's much better than the USC defense. Colorado will score. We're going over 73.5 Buffalo's Trojans. In addition, Georgia Southern minus 6.5 over Coastal Carolina. Georgia Southern under Clay Helton, he's building a little bit of a wagon down there. This team can score. They're playing really well, especially against the number. I believe 3-0-1 against the spread. Coastal Carolina... They're not the team we remember from a couple years ago. The coaching staff's different. Tim Beck isn't doing all that great of a job, and they've been struggling. So I like Georgia Southern to cover the 6.5 over Coastal Carolina. We're also going over 73.5 USC Colorado. And two bets pending that we made yesterday. The Euros, minus 105 over the Americans in the Ryder Cup. That one's looking pretty good. And Rory McIlroy to be the first Euro out on Sunday at plus 150. That is pizza money. We've got a little college football in there with it, and I'm excited to bet the over tomorrow on that game because you realize that I do hit these games. I follow along and go with you, especially yeah. on the Saturday games uh, as I'm doing the other games that I'm doing. So I will be on board with that. Psst. The secret to winning game days this college football season, Eckrich Smoke Sausage. Visit Eckrich.com for dozens of simple, mouth-watering recipes to elevate your next tailgate. Looks like my Sunday morning might be free. I'll be on board for the uh, the Toy Story game for sure because I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot to watch when it comes to the Ryder Cup, the way things are going right now. I mean, legit, it could be over by the time Sunday morning rolls around. There were eight points available for the first day of action. There's two waves. There's four points available in the morning and four points available in the afternoon. Same thing tomorrow. Four in the morning, four in the afternoon. And then Sunday is all 12 golfers from each team in singles matchups against each other. So there's 12 points out there. This has been a disaster for the Americans. Of the eight points up for grabs in day one, Europe claims six and a half. 
They swept the morning and grabbed all four. And I think, and I'm looking at this right now, was there just one American group that actually scored a full point? I think we had two halves where two groups tied. And then I think we may have had three halves. halves. The Americans didn't win a single matchup on day one. Not one. Three ties, which are known as they halved, and then they lost the rest. This is, I mean, this is, there are a lot of problems here. But with Zach Johnson as the captain, I I think these guys have way too much time on their hands to overthink this stuff. It becomes total galaxy brain. You're a captain, what, like a year or so out. So you're just, you know how important this is going to be. You're going to overthink everything. They get to Rome. It's too hot and humid, apparently. So Johnson says he's not going to play anybody in all of the matchups. So immediately he has created a strategy that if he has a guy that is just smoking the opposition, that guy is guaranteed to not play in all all the possible matchups because you know it's too hot first of all it's golf all right this isn't an f1 race in singapore this isn't an nfl game in miami in early september it's golf you can't play two rounds in one day it's it's too much they didn't even send kepka out in the morning he wasn't even a part of the morning wave i thought that's the whole point of having kepka on the team it's silly it's absolutely silly if i can play 36 holes they can play 36 holes. And I can play 36 holes in a day, and I'm remarkably out of shape. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. These guys are finely tuned athletes these days. What what are we doing, Zach? Do you want to try to win? This idea that it's too hot. It's just too hot and humid. We don't want anyone to get worn down. Okay, good. So by your logic, you're going to make sure that you might not be using your best guys at every turn. Why would your strategy at any point encompass something like that? It is, listen, it can be too hot to mow the lawn. It's never too hot to play golf. It's never too hot to play golf. <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, and, and look, if Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, you're going to run them out there in a doubles match uh, and they are gonna get, uh, they're going to split with Terrell Hatton and Victor Hovland, we got problems. The morning was alternate shot. They're not even playing 36 holes. They're playing every other shot on the first 18. This is, I hope this Europe wins disgrace. all eight tomorrow and it's overs tomorrow. Look, look How hilarious would that be if they lost 14 and a half to one and a half and it's over tomorrow? No, I don't I don't want that because I, I got that Rory bet on him going out first on Sunday. <laughs> and Rory will be on a plane Sunday yeah, if that if happens. It's, if it's all over tomorrow, they might just screw around on Sunday, and I don't need anyone screwing around. Rory has been the first golfer off for Sunday singles in four straight Ryder Cups. That's a plus 150 bet. I love that bet. I don't need the Americans junking that up, too, with this performance. Although we did, you know, we gave you the Euros yesterday. So if you're upset about this, hopefully you listen to the show because we told you to bet them. Pay attention. Again, that was, uh, what did we call that? The hedge? Freedom hedge. Freedom hedge. Freedom hedge. In other words, U.S. wins, we all celebrate. U.S. loses, we cash. Yeah. One way or another, we're coming away with something. The freedom hedge. It's like freedom fries. Your freedom hedge right there. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio Series 6M Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. We uh, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Why Vegas thinks one team is massively improved from last year. It's next after I tell you about this from our friends at Indeed. And they specifically asked for me. 
to tell you about this. Just to be clear. <laughs> you prick. It says, it says right on here, Carlin, if possible, please. Thank you. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is a challenge. Challenge. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. You're damn right it is. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. So, where do we stand right now with the Pick'em Challenge? We went 2-1 and one last week. So, we turn to Evan Wilner to fill us in on where we stand with the standings, what's going on uh, with where we are versus all the other shows right now. Mr. Wilner, fill us in. Yeah, so you guys are 6-3, and three, which is... Two games off the pace of game night. Q Myers is eight and one after three weeks. Wow. So you guys are tied with Freddie and Harry. Then you got Unsportsmanlike's five and four. Amber and Ian four and five. And Greeny is one and seven. Oh, oh, bring it up the rear. One and seven. I guess the whole opposite bit isn't working again. There we Couple go. Couple things here. I see the graphic. Carlin and Joe, even though we're tied with Freddie and Harry, we should be listed above them. We're above them alphabetically, and we're above them in the lineup, so we should be in the two spot there. We got to clean that up. Number Here's two. A, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please. Go ahead. I was going to say, number two, shout out to Q Myers. That is a fantastic run to open the season at eight and one. And uh, with Greeny at one and seven, that's the Hembo show. No surprise. No surprise. Yeah. I would say uh, that the thing that I really am growing to appreciate about you is your ability to find the the smallest slight in any way possible. Yeah. That of you or of the show. And really make sure to point it out so everybody knows that we are paying attention. Don't mess with us. I am constantly aggrieved. I live in a perpetual state of aggrievement. Just walking around, what aggrieves me, I see it. I point it out, like you said. I make note of it. Everyone is, is, is it's brought to everyone's attention. Yeah, you do. Let's get to it. <laughs> Dolphins at Bills. Uh, the Bills, two and a half point favorites in Buffalo. Uh, Jordan Poyer is out for Buffalo. Jalen Phillips is out for the Dolphins. I have been leaning Dolphins all week. You have been leaning either the other way. Does any of this influence where you're feeling right now? I, I no. What I mean. 
So here's where it's at. It's two and a half. Poyer's ruled out. If it jumps to three, then all of a sudden I'm sitting back and I'm saying, I think we got a problem here. I might have to back off of Buffalo. But no, it doesn't. I, I, these two teams met last year in December at Ralph Wilson Stadium. Pretty much the same rosters. Pretty much the same coaching staffs. Buffalo was a seven-point favorite. So now fast forward to week four this season. Similar situation. All of a sudden, it's a two-and-a-half-point line. I think that's too much of an over-adjustment. People are focusing too much on what Miami did last weekend, which was very impressive. Go back the week before when they're in New England. They only scored 24 points. Still good, but Buffalo's got the number two defense in the NFL. If Miami isn't a 70-point explosion every single week, they could run into some trouble here. I like Buffalo. See, I've been very much on the Dolphins, but I'm going to let you make the call because you've been pretty good so far. I just want you to know in advance that if I am right and you are wrong on this game in particular, oh, going to be a long Monday for you. Yeah, I like this move. We do, we do this every week. We, we Whoever defers makes it very clear that it's uh, somewhat in protest so that either way they come away with a win. But th- this Bravo. is the one where I would say that I am protesting the most on this pick. If you, okay, so how about if you love Too late, this we're already pick. done. Too late. <laughs> Too late. Patriots at Cowboys. We got the Bills minus two and a half. Cowboys six and a half point favorites over the New England Patriots. I just don't see the Cowboys losing this game. I I really don't. I just don't believe that the Cowboys aren't going to be able to put up 20 to 24 points against a very good defense. And Joe, if that's the case, they're going to win by a touchdown at least. I have gone back and forth on this game because New England is running about 70 plays per game, which is number two in the NFL. They can eat some clock up. They can play some defense. I could see them maybe trailing 10, 14, whatever it is, and then they backdoor it late. They get inside the number. But I'm happy to go with you because my initial gut on this was a big bounce back from Dallas. The defense paves the way after getting embarrassed last week. New England maybe scores 14 points tops, and then we really only need 21-plus from the Dallas Cowboys, which I think we get. So I'm with you if you want to take the Cowboys here. All right. Where would you put your faith in the Patriots getting a backdoor and covering the number? Like, give me a percentage. Oh, percentage on that? I yeah. don't know. Maybe somewhere in the in the 30s. Maybe like yeah. 38% there's a backdoor there. It's not overwhelming. All right. So let's ride with the Cowboys yeah, I'm then. I'm okay with you. Minus six and a half. Ravens at Browns. Browns three-point favorites. I am all over Cleveland here. You have been on Cleveland since the beginning. Let's give credit where credit is due. Joe has been a huge Browns guy all season long. Folks, this defense is elite. The Cleveland Browns defense is elite. You know what the Browns are doing? They're out Baltimoreing Baltimore. I think the Browns, when was the last time that you could say that the Browns, or anybody for that matter, would have the physical advantage in a game over the Baltimore Ravens. Nobody usually has the physical advantage. I, I, what, what line are we using for this game? I got Browns minus three here. Jeez. Minus three with the Ravens off a loss. I love that Brown defense, but do we trust Deshaun Watson? Think about it. How many points How many points does, does Cleveland need to score in this game in order to cover three? Do, does, does 13 points do it? I think the under's a great bet here. It's 40 and a half. But how many points do we need from Cleveland in order to cover this spread? I think we need 17 points to cover this spread. Can Deshaun Watson get us 17 points against Lamar Jackson? Yes. 
Okay, then I can take Cleveland. I, I whew, This is a tough one. I, I've gone back and forth. I love the under. I think this is a really low-scoring game, and generally the under correlates with the underdog getting the points. But if you like Cleveland, I can get behind it because it's been a toss-up for me all week. I like Cleveland minus three in this game. So let's okay. go there, and you can complain about that. But I will complain yep. much louder if the Bills do not win against the no, Miami. It will Dolphins. be equal. It will be equal. No, it will not be equal. It will you be will, equal. I will not let up at all on Monday. <laughs> but think about that for a second. Let's talk about that. The sure. idea that the Browns are uh, potentially going to be the more physical team. And how about this? Kind of out of nowhere, they're listing Deshaun Watson, who barely threw this week due to a shoulder injury, as questionable. You know what? I got to change our pick. I mean, are we going to hedge there a little bit? I th- not even hedge. What but is this? Like you're already ba- you're bailing? It's a rip. Well, court? but I didn't know that Watson wasn't going to potentially play. It was questionable. Right. And, and Stefanski says he's hopeful that Watson will be able to play. I mean, I don't Home know. Moment of truth. All right. We're rolling with you. We're changing our pick. We're going to Ravens plus three. I'm going to bury you on Monday. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.